think that some people are just better at maybe not listening to it. And by sitting down with those people, asking questions, and then you know, recording it and blasting it out on the internet, perhaps, maybe, I can help other people like me get out of our own way. Hey guys, welcome back to Closure Optional. My guest this week is a very lovely guest close to my heart because it's my trainer, Blair Chave. He is the manager and head fight trainer at Urban Fight Gym where I train and he's been looking after me for my entire fight career and together we have won 10 out of my 11 fights and two national titles so that was very exciting. Um, in the last few months since I've taken time off from training because of my knee injury, I haven't been training with him as much, and so it was really nice for us to just sit down and uh, shoot the shit together. We talk about his trip to Thailand, about what it was like over there, about some of the young kids that he's training now that are just coming up in their future. We talk a little bit about what it's like to push yourself to the edge of chaos and what it's like to come back and why possibly that's an addictive feeling that might be the meaning of life. Hope you guys enjoy this conversation, and uh, thanks again to everybody for all your feedback. It's been fucking amazing knowing that people are out there listening to this thing, so I really, really appreciate it, and keep it coming. If you've got anything you want to say, anybody you want to hear from, by all means, do please send me a message so I can get them on here. Have a great week. Hi, Blair. Hi, Lorna. How are you? Good. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Good. What's going on? Um, oh, not too much. Just finished off with a morning session this morning with a few of the, the clients and uh, home for a quick change and here we are before this afternoon <laughs> kicks off again. <laughs> You have an insane schedule, man. Yes, a very, very big schedule. I was just talking about, I can't remember if it was, I think it was when I was talking to Benny on the podcast and I was saying like how fucked I am after having, if I have a five o'clock PT and do that for three hours and then have to go back and teach class at night, I sleep for most of the day. 100%. And I only do it for three hours. I asked Marcus today and he said he had 11 hours of PTs today or something. He's crazy. I don't know how he... How he does. How the fuck do you even manage it? I mean, I normally with my five AM starts, which is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. You know, I'm up at four. um, But if I finish by sort of nine, nine thirty, that's not too bad. That's four and a half hours. But by sort of eleven thirty, I'm ready. I'm ready for a nap for an hour or two, and then back in the afternoon, one more client, then either fighters or teens, and then class, and it's yeah, it's hectic, (laughs) but it's good because I love it. So. Makes, yeah, it a, yeah. makes it a hell of a lot easier, you know? You were the person that said to me once, like, I can't remember when it was. You're the, I mean, you're the whole reason that I fought 
in the first place anyway. Like yeah. when I walked into the gym, you're the first person I met when I went to Urban and you were like, it's not work if you love what you do. And it sounded so simple and so stupid at the time. And I was like, you're so fucking right. It's never felt like work now. That's right. It's it never 100%. Does. I mean, you've walked work normal jobs before this one and same as mine and like you know when you even when you start at eight o'clock you get alarm goes off at seven you don't want to get out of bed you're not Mm. excited to go go do your job and that's what i love about this job you know alarm goes off at four i'm up i'm ready to ready to go down and do it and every day i didn't never keep track of the days i always have to double check what day it's just (laughs) because every day's a good day you know it doesn't doesn't matter what day of the week it is. Yeah, you're like not waiting for the weekend anymore. There's no, no, such no thing. there is no weekend really. There's a Sunday, but that's uh, that's normally something going on as well. So mm-hmm. every day is a good day. I think there's probably, I mean, there are other professions where you have to use your body like that. But it's a cool thing. Like you can't physically overwork yourself because you, your body will just stop. That's like right. you work only as hard as your body's going to let you go. You can't get greedy and try and get more clients or something like you no physically. Way. In the early days, I did that because. I mean, when I first got into it, obviously, it took a while to build my clientele. So I was doing a, another job as well. And when I finally went out on my own, um, quit the other job, I, need, I needed to make up the money that I was missing out on for so long, you know. So I thought, shit, I'll just get, you know, do 10 hours worth of clients and oh, just book, fuck. book, book. And then, you know, the first, probably after the first month or two, and my whole body was aching because I was not used to doing it full time and like shoulders and elbows and everything. And, you know, I was just like, you know what? Fuck, it's not worth it. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it just I mean, I'll, I'll just catch up the payments later on, you know, and just um, just worked within my body, you know. And yeah, man. Yeah, it works. It's good. Because it makes you, it does make you build up your strength to it. Oh. Like, you know about it. If you haven't taken care of your body, you fucking know about 100%. it. hundred yeah. percent. I didn't realize that because I have always been like in fight, ever since I've been a personal trainer at the gym I've also been training for fights. So I knew I was tired, like, because my body was always tired from fighting, but at least I was fit. Yeah. And then after I had these three months from, because my knee exploded, I was fucked. I came back and I was, I was asleep every single day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So hard. And I remember when I was getting into it and stopped focusing the training on myself and started putting it on my clients and everyone at the gym and stuff like that, I got out of shape. Yeah. And same thing, I start holding pads for not just my general clients, but more the fighters that, you know, set a way higher pace like yourself and Kyle and that, that, you know, when you hit, I, f- I feel it and like Fuck. everything's just harder and faster. And mm. I was like, Jesus, when I was gassing out after doing, you know, 10 rounds or five rounds on pads, I thought, right, I need to, you know, get myself in shape. <laughs> so Fuck, it's hard yeah. work. You've got to be, got to be fit to do it. And you've been doing that every day now. You are every what well, every other day you're training with Simon to get because you've got a grade for your black singlet. Yes, next uh, weekend. Next weekend, yes. Uh, for the last sort of uh, maybe six to eight weeks, probably six weeks. Me and Simon have been coming in, and he's just been holding for me, and then I'll hold for him, and it's just sort of helped. And I do the odd sparring with some of my clients, and. Mm. Still sort of have a little tiny bit left from when I was over in Bangkok at, late last year doing some training, so it's starting to get back now. And yeah, man, it's good it. seeing you hit pads. It's fucking cool because I'm yeah. always used to seeing you on the other side yeah. of me. Yeah, it's, Me it's, kicking you in the neck sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> or the nuts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nah, Those are my favorite spots. It's nice to be on the other end of it again and just sort of like, you know, once you get over the fitness thing, of course, go, oh, fuck, I enjoy doing this. I fucking love hitting pads, you know, like fuck it feels yeah, good. Man. And you're like, that's... That's why I got, you know, why I enjoy what I do, you know. Why does it feel so good? I don't know. 
That's just the adrenaline, I reckon. Just gets your heart pumping. There's something just amazing about that when you make pure contact with somebody else. And do you, I get it all the time, like where I'll just eventually slip into this flow state and all of a sudden you don't really even know what you're doing. Yeah. Just holding pads for someone and someone's just yeah. hitting you back. Yeah, 100%. And same thing when you get on the level with the fighters or they know what's going to come after the next thing. And yeah, like you say, you get into a flow state where just one's just going after the other, going mm-hmm. after the other, and it's just nonstop. It feels good. It's a good good mix with the trainer or client sorry yeah, it's good, I, mean, yeah. I miss that i because you're obviously the only person that's ever consistently held pads for me for that whole so the last two years that we've been fighting together yeah you always holding pads for me and now i have different pad holders it's always like oh it just doesn't feel the yeah same. no like, we're like so the, used to each when you other. get used to your pad holder and then you have to go something else and their combos are different or how they hold the pads is slightly different it's like <laughs> oh yeah shit, this is gonna take some getting used to <laughs> like I'm the, I'm the same thing. I mean, I had Richie for obviously for a long time as my oh, pad holder, yeah. and even recently going over to you know going over to Bangkok and the two pad holders there, are from, like out of this world, they're just so fucking good. But it still didn't feel right, you mm. know, like because they were just new. And I mean, one of them, Padam, he was well. I'm pretty sure he was on crack the whole time we were there. <laughs> Maybe that's why he was so damn good. It was he was like he could see everything you were going to throw. Well, Blair, that's all you need, obviously, yeah, to get those 11 hour <laughs> yeah. days back. Just get some meth in you. <laughs> just enter the matrix through crack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most of us do. Yeah. That's how we get there. You do feel indestructible. Uh, apparently so. Well, he was. Yeah, it was awesome. But yeah, like I say, it's. It just didn't feel right or normal, you know, because mm. you're adjusting to all the new things that they do. It's yeah. What was it like over there? Where Where did you train? So yeah, we took Kyle over there and we trained at uh, Sanctum Noise Gym. He's a legend from the '90s Golden Era of Muay Thai, and it's just it's in the outskirts of Bangkok. There's there is nothing there. Eh? Like it's there is nothing there, and it's just at the end of a big driveway is his gym slash house, and it holds you know it's got about eight little dorm rooms in there. And um, surrounded by chickens and roosters because he does the old cockfighting as well. Oh, so yuck. there's just, you're avoiding chicken shit and stuff all day when you're walking around. Um, <laughs> so th- raw. There's a giant pig um, there called Gigi. And uh, well, I don't know if it's a pig or a boar, but it's, it's massive. And um, yeah, just a bit of artificial turf on the ground and some really old bags up. And it's, yeah, it was uh, good hard training, old school training. It was. Uh, well, it was horrible at the time, but it was, yeah, it was a really good place to be. That's cool. fucking cool. Yeah. You took Kyle over there. So Kyle went for seven weeks. The, Kyle's one of our young fighters, and he's, what, 17 now? 17 in September, so in September, still 16. So still 16. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, he's a monster. He's just exploded. He's doing really well. Kyle started out being a like a t- little kid. Yeah. Uh, when did he start training with you? I, th- well, I think he started at Urban when he was about 12 years old, mm-hmm. but I was too busy doing fighters class and stuff. I didn't really pay attention to the, the kids' class because it was on at a different time. But he started doing that, and then I think he moved away for a little bit. And uh, he came back, and he had put on a lot of weight, and he was just struggling, struggling a little bit at school. And, um, but it was still the really nice, good kid. And that's when I sort of started noticing when, when I started teaching the teenagers' class. Mm. Of course, he was in there, and he always behaved himself, but he always was shy, sitting in the corner, you know, just avoiding eye contact with anybody and he would just go about his business on the bag or whatnot but he had really good technique and so I just decided to have a go with him one day and figure if we could see if we could take it somewhere so that was uh shit two years now yeah it was probably just about because i think it was right yeah, after it would I, be two right, years right as i was coming to the gym i think yeah and or just know, after we got 20 kgs off him 
and then um, twenty kilos. Yeah, so it was when we started. It was eighty-one and a half kgs at fourteen years old, oh and God. probably you know about five foot nine. Like there wasn't much of them. Yeah. Um, height-wise, but there was, yeah, plenty, plenty of width. And, um, but he was, yeah, like I say, he was a great kid and he just needed a bit of help, really. So, um, yeah, we got him down to 61 and a half, just made a deal with him that he had to go to school every day. And um, so long as he went to school, I'd, I'd train him for free. Right. Um, Urban put on a sponsorship for him to, so he could train there for free, so long as he'd come and done some cleaning at yeah. the gym, which he still does to this day, which is pretty cool. Yeah, man. And, um, yeah, we got, got him down to 61 and a half. Um, he had a f- few fights and um, he's put on a bit of weight now, just muscle and getting taller and he's now... He's about, a beast now. He's about so About my tall. height, he's, which is 6'2". So, yeah, he's, yeah, he's grown up and uh, just built a muscle, stripped fat, and he's, I think he's walking around about 73 kgs now and Fuck, still lighter than Lean what he was. You know? yeah. So, such hard kicks. Yeah, so he's 15 fights down now. Unfortunately, he, well, not unfortunately, but he had had two fights when he was younger, before mm. he had started with me. He just jumped in. He was only training twice a week, and he just jumped <laughs> in at the, um, I think it was the IFMA Nationals, actually. Oh, my God. Just to have a go, you know. Yeah. And um, he was, yeah, 12 years old, but weighing heavy. So he fought a guy who was 14, I think, that it looked like he was midway through puberty <laughs> and just a beast, eh? So, and he, he really took it to this kid. He lost, but he did such an awesome job. So he had a couple of losses from before we started, but we were lucky that he had that ring experience. And then, um, yeah, he went on a bit of a run where first few fights he got a win and now he's got a state title and yeah, na- IFMA national title and we're heading off to – well, he's heading off to Bangkok in, in August. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's good fun being a part of and him being only 16, like, you know, the world's his oyster. He could really have a crack at this fighting thing, you know. So Sanctian really helped him and his son Mozart over there on just tuning his technique, tuning his power and everything. And, um, yeah, I think this year and next year is going to be a pretty exciting year for him. Yeah, man. It's fucking amazing to watch that transition. That's yeah, so cool. Yeah, that must very, have felt so good to watch Very good, yeah, yeah. And that's what it's all about, like... Like I say to a lot of people, you know, I, if I, you know, if you won lotto, would you continue doing your job? If you had to work, like if money was not an issue, but you had to work, would you choose that job? And I, I say to Richie Mel and people all the time, if I'd won lotto, I'd still turn up every day to do that. To for moments like that, it just Fuck yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome to live in, you know. Oh. Yeah, that I know that was ridiculous watching him win that his his last title when he won the Queensland uh, MTA title. That was just unbelievable like the excitement and and just that belief like i mean he's a kid that would have thought like he could have gone any direction oh, he and, and it was going the wrong way like getting expelled from one school and getting in a bit of trouble in that and um just to see like it's probably been told well being when he was being bullied at school and things like that you know constantly being told that you're hopeless or you're useless and you're fat and mm-hmm. you'll never come to anything and to see all of a sudden when he knocked that uh josh out the belief in himself, like, you know, yeah. it was, um, yeah, it was a cool part to be a part of. And it's never changed him either. He's never been like a, sh- you know how you you could imagine that could go to his head and he could be an asshole and he yeah. is just still the nicest, nicest kid. guy. Yeah. It's yeah, fucking yeah. so and good. Helps anybody, speaks to anybody, you know, and that's the, that's what I like is one of the big changes in him, you know, he's gone from, even when he was doing the adults class, same thing in the corner, not talking to anybody, you know, mm-hmm. just, and now he's one of the leaders. Well, he's just started teaching, you know, and the, yeah. intermediate adults and you know helping anybody out that that asks for it it's yeah it's really cool and the fact that he's still only 16 it's yeah 
a lot of maturity behind his years, I reckon. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, sometimes that happens too. You come from a tough environment, you're going to come out strong. Exactly. Tough as shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking really cool. He, um, and that was crazy too that you left him. So you were there for two weeks with him in Thailand and then he had to stay for seven That's right. weeks. Yeah. By so himself. He, five in, weeks he stayed for by himself. Oh, five by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So seven in total. So yeah, it was um, pretty hectic. Like, you know, there's no showers there. There's just a big concrete pit with rainwater and that was filled with algae and stuff. It wasn't really that very clean at all. Nothing about the place was clean. <laughs> so like at the end of the two weeks, like, I mean, I was because I've gotten used to my comforts now not being in the fighting situation. I was like, fuck, I want to go home. Like, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. And I was poor old Kyle. Like, yeah, there was nursing injuries everywhere. And um, for him to have another five weeks there, that was his first time overseas, you got to remember. And um, He was not in a hotel in a room, no television. very third world environment. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> he, um, yeah, it, it, was, it was, I was just like, well, mate, all the best. See you in five weeks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> have fun um, know when you came back you were like it's tough over there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going oh and my god he had right? a lot of adversities he had to overcome there obviously being away from his family and friends and stuff like that but um, you know he got this gnarly infection in his arm and his whole arm just became weeping and oh. gross and it yeah, ended up having to go on a full cycle of antibiotics for that and then got he got sick with a food poisoning or something, so a few days he was spewing and shitting, you know, all oh all God. day or for a few days. And then he, he had a fight over there and won that, but his shin blew up, so he couldn't kick. He was one leg, and he could barely run because they uh, making us run 15K a day, and yeah, his feet were so hours, yeah. So he <laughs> came, overcame a lot, and yeah. So. And when he came back, he was like, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he didn't want to leave. It was, yeah. He, wa- he wants to go back, and hopefully we're getting him back there this year. But, um, yeah, it was so funny, and he couldn't believe the changes. Like, he thought Urban was so foreign now because it was this clean gym with all yeah. these bags and all these nice soft floors and stuff like that. <laughs> the, the ability of a human being to adapt is fucking incredible. Oh, it was amazing, yeah. And that's it. Like, I've done longer stints, obviously, over in Thailand. And you just, once you get in that, it's all about routine, you know. And once you get into that routine and it just becomes a partier and that lifestyle is a partier. So especially at 16 to be there for seven weeks over your Christmas holidays, school holidays, yeah. you know, they just become family to him, you know? Uh, and yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's a pretty crazy place. It's a good gym. Yeah. Good man. gym. Yeah. That sounds fucking crazy. Yeah. Muay Thai, there is something really amazing about Muay Thai and building that. Like uh, one of the greatest phrases I've heard is uh, about Muay Thai is get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Because, it, it isn't, it's not that it's, it's not like it's always hard, but it is always, you're pushing that le- edge of comfort. There's never a moment where you're like, even when I'm perfectly fight fit that I'm like, oh, I'm yeah, ready to go. This like this yeah, feels yeah, great. Yeah, it never yeah. feels good, no, but no. it never feels bad either. Like yeah. you still want, you, like you still want that, you love it. And exactly when you look back at it, you'd be like, oh yeah, it was fucking amazing. Yeah, my yeah. trip in Thailand was incredible, Yeah, yeah. but it was hard During the times, fuck. yeah, yeah, you know, you're up at six, you're running, you're, you know, had like you know three hours worth of training but i look back now even in, after my two weeks i was ready to go but i look back now i'm like fuck i wish i was still there like, i wish yeah. i could go back there again you know so it's funny that what muay thai does to you you know it gets you just it once, drastically just, changes oh, people. yeah you just live it and breathe it when you get thrown in that environment it's yeah it's cool why do you think it changes you so much it's probably to do with like you say you're having to push yourself 
Like, I mean, just about everything in Muay Thai, you got to go further than where you think you're capable of, I yeah. suppose. You know, you never think you consider that you can jump in the ring and fight. And, you you know, you're always telling your brain, you you know, come on, push yourself. You know, you've got to do it. Same thing you do. You're banging out 100 kicks on the bag or something. You, you're talking to yourself all the time. You don't want to do it, but you you got to do it, you know. Mm. like, And it's probably just that's what Muay Thai does to people, you know. It makes them realise that they can, you know, push beyond what they're comfortable, their comfort zone is, you know. And yeah. Go from there, yeah. What's your hardest place to go like when you notice you're doing something like where do you have to really tell yourself like come on you've got this keep going you mean in training or even even in fights in the past that you've had um like where does your doubt come from or your resistance just um well it's just the voice in the head like you know you know you're tired and Mm. my one has been yeah just fatigue you know and you just go fucking come on you know i've always had that second person in my head just telling me you can actually do it and that certainly helps to to push through isn't it, you it know? crazy how you, you do definitely develop these two voices yeah. in your head i i've always known the doubting voice that that doubting voice has always existed in my head but i thought it was me like yeah. i just thought that was who i am yeah and a lot of times like when i was trying to figure out how to make artwork and stuff that voice would actually lead my actions before I even was conscious that there was a voice I didn't even know it was a voice I just thought that that this is my That's experience in reality yeah yeah you're not good enough don't bother yeah like anytime I'd start working on something it wasn't quite going my way I'd just be like oh. and there's always something that drew me to do the thing that was hard like I want I want to draw this picture I really want to get this idea out and I'd start doing it and then eventually it just something would happen and I'd go nah, nah I can't yeah and then when I started training, exactly that thing happened. I realized that there's two voices. There's one that goes, this is really important for you and you should keep going. And the other voice was like, you're a piece of shit. You can't do this. Yeah. And then it was like forcing myself to isolate that second voice and go, you're wrong. Yeah, that's You're right. wrong. I it's can do this. about making the choice, isn't it? What one yeah. do you want to listen to the most? And I mean, when I'm, you know, whatever's happening and I'm trying to push through that, normally it's just like, oh man, you know, like I just had that split second of doubt. Yeah. But then you have the, no, fucking come on, you know. And generally yeah. at the end when you get it out, whatever it may be, you'd you do you'd be like, fuck yes, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you're saying fuck it. yes to you, you know. You're not you're saying yeah. it to whoever you're training with or the fight or whatever like that. You're saying it to that voice in your head, you know. And it's yeah. And that's that ultimate like pivotal moment when you finish and that third bell rings or the fifth bell rings at the end of the fight and you just look around like, holy fuck. It's I, over. I ne- I it's over. It. Yeah. I, I actually made it. It's probably what people get when they climb a mountain or fucking jump out of an airplane. I don't know. It's that feeling of like, holy fuck, everything that was pushing me away from doing this thing, I made it through that. That's right. And I'm still here. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't ever even matter if you win or you lose. I've I've felt worse in fights that I've won that I've won in a bad way than fights that, like that and I, I luckily I mean I've only ever lost one, one. yeah yes which is fucking crazy yes yeah, pretty but good even that fight that I lost I was so disappointed in myself because I thought I was supposed to be and you guys just over and over were like fucking you have no idea how well you did that's right and I felt strong after that fight like I was like oh I want to get back in I want to try who was again. your next opponent after Chelsea um I fought Gemma Bayard was that your next opponent yeah, yeah well that came out in that fight yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. That strength from that loss. Yeah, because it was just kind of... Because you barely got touched in that... Fo- no disrespect to Gemma, she's a she's a great fighter and she's still yeah. doing really well. Um, but, you know, you played that range and footwork so well and it was all from learning. 
Well, yeah, and it was that was a scrappy battle too because it, it was one of those ones where it could be I get sucked up into the tornado, and it was like I I knew that I had been through the worst, like having going up against someone who'd have what twenty five fights to my five. That's right, and she was already a national champion, state champion, Chelsea Hackett, uh, now three times Australia champion. She's <laughs> fucking killing it, man. Yeah. She's- and she, I had never been so scared walking into the ring that day. I had never been so scared because all I heard was a reputation. Yeah. I walked in there against a reputation. It yeah, wasn't a person. Right. Yeah. She was heaps big. And she's a tiny little thing, too. <laughs> I remember her looking up at me. I got stepped into the ring. I was shitting myself. And she, I mean, literally, I actually yeah. did. But <laughs> That's we'll another go story. Into that. <laughs> but she, um, She's standing there and she just muscled up underneath me. So she was about a head shorter than me. And she put both of her fists up underneath me in like that old school fighter style. Yeah. And I just looked down at her and I remember laughing. <laughs> I was so scared that I just started, started laughing because I was like, you're so small. So, yeah, I'm yeah. terrified. Yeah, yeah. Like a little pit bull. And I was fuck me up. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. And then, yeah, within, within, I had that eight count in the first 10 seconds probably yeah. of the fight because she just smothered me. Yeah, I just shut yeah. down. The first like, oh, no. 30 seconds, I reckon it was. I think you'd been. been a bit hard on yourself. It was a little <laughs> bit in there just because you, you just didn't do anything. I, I, I was so scared. Stage fright. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it was amazing. Like after I made it through that first round and I came back into the corner, I mean, this is one thing that you have that I think like – as unparalleled. I don't I, I know that we like develop a relationship with each other being a fighter. You go through war together. Oh yeah. But you have this ability like you get as soon as I get back into the corner, you stare at me and you smile and you're so calm and you give me exact technical instructions. There's no bullshit, there's no nonsense. You're so genuine and you're so excited. Yeah. That I'm like, "Oh, we're good." Like yeah, yeah. I'm okay. This isn't yeah. scary. Like yeah. the, you completely pull me out of my own head. Thank you. It's fucking amazing, man. You yeah, have... I, do, I do like, because, I mean, obviously, I haven't had a, a lot of fights because of injuries and stuff like that, but I know the feeling that when you get back in, in that corner and you feel like, you're fuck, that's it, you know? Like, yeah. you're like, damn. Or whatever's going on, something may be a good thing, but to have that second voice of just saying that straight to the point, fucking right there with you, I, I, yeah, I know what that can mean, just to really... It, it normalizes it, I yeah, guess, a little bit yeah. because for me, like when I'm in there, it's so chaotic. It's I. It's it feels so otherworldly, like that because my conscious brain isn't present. I'm just a body that's doing things. I hear your voice and I just try and do whatever you say to do. And all the time, it's those two voices in my head: one going "give up, you loser," and the other yeah. one's going "don't fucking give, give up." up yeah. You know, it's just like oh, I'm just in this constant, like weird almost out of body type of experience. I come back and it's so grounded. It's just you and me. I see you every day of the week. I know you, I know you well, and I know you've got my back. Like I've never, ever once felt that you would throw me into something without me being ready. I would never do that with anybody. No, never. It's not worth it. And I, and I could, so I had like complete faith in you, no matter what, I needed I had complete faith, and I think that's the reason why we've done so well. Is yeah. Like I don't. There isn't a. There isn't a second that probably that last fight at nationals just recently, or my second to last fight, where was the first time I felt doubt when I'd hear your voice and I didn't immediately respond. Spawned. Instead, I felt doubt first and was like, "Oh, should I do that?" It was the first time it ever happened, and that I got kicked in the face and smashed my nose. In the yeah, face. yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so you I was won just the fight. Yeah, still. Won. <laughs> but I mean, that I guess that's what I mean. Like having a fight that I lost, uh, that I won, but I felt like I lost. Yeah, I definitely felt like I lost that fight. It was so hard. Everything about that fight was so. That hard. was a tough fight. She's going to be a good fighter. That girl. isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Deandra. Yeah, that that's was it. it was a really. 
But again, like, so like having that faith and having that connection, like you develop that now. Cause what, how many of us have you got? You've got oh, 10 fighters or something. Uh, yeah, month. probably at least. I've, I actually did a count up the other day and I'm pretty sure I've cornered and trained for over a hundred fighters fights now, which is pretty wow. cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Cause yeah, we've, you got I a mean, lot that's, of us That's going. nothing compared to what most trainers out there are doing, you know, on the Gold Coast or or anywhere in the world but um yeah it's a pretty cool achievement for me anyway so starting off pretty pretty new in the the fighters game you know so yeah so it was what did it feel like making that transition when you stopped like did you have to kind of let go of your own i yeah i i'd accepted that i couldn't really fight again my knees are gone you know they popped yeah. out and i think three of the fights that i'd had and they pop out in sparring and everything yeah, you know it's just, so and then i just started enjoying working with fighters and I seem to think I've got a good eye whether like you not do. just necessarily yeah. in in combat sports but like even things like watching I'm into football soccer and things that I can see things mm. I find pretty well so um yeah and I working with fighters and got that vision and then thought and then Richie gave me the opportunity so I sort of sort of jumped at it but I still remember my first fighters I was shitting myself yeah. I, was, I was more scared than they were I think I was going <laughs> god these people put their trust in me like you know <laughs> <laughs> same yeah. thing as you know when you're in the ring you got that yeah, two that voices you know yeah so um yeah man I wonder about this voice of doubt I think um I think it's necessary and it seems to be a necessary thing with all the people I've talked to so far on this podcast and all the people I talk to in my life about doing hard things is that without the voice of doubt that tells you that something's missing, you'd never push yourself to do anything. Yeah, that's right. So it does exist to, to kind of make us want to be better and better versions of ourselves. But at the same time, if it becomes too strong and say you, you had an opportunity to be a fight trainer and then you just went, nah, nah, I'm nah, not good enough. I yeah. can't do it. That's it. You just live inside that house of doubt. Like exactly. you just basically. And, and you'll forever re regret these things. You know, there's mm -hmm. a saying that I quite enjoy and I say it to a lot of people, you know, the best things happen when you push yourself outside the comfort zone. Yeah. Whether it be and whatever, you know, that's generally when you push yourself outside of that safety barrier and, you know, everyone says it, you know, that's when where the good things lie, you know, and sure, realise what you're truly capable of. And people recognize it too on the other side. Like Richie was talking about this and I completely agree with him that a fighter kind of possesses a power. There's a weird thing that like in the last two weeks of fight camp, you I know it feeling it myself and I know it watching other fighters. Like they you kind of like embody this weird power because it's like there's so much intensity riding on what you've done, but there's so much work behind what you've done yeah. that you you are really pretty much on the edge of chaos. Yeah. You're just pushing yeah. that very yeah. edge, yeah. and you you're about to step over the line. Yeah. yeah, and it's almost like we all. I'm trying to write this in this book that I'm writing. I'm trying to write about like what is that place? Because I think that's the main driving force between, but like that makes us wake up in the morning. Is like if we knew what was going to happen in our life already, what's the point in waking yeah. oh, up? Like, what would you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when we get these little moments to push that boundary and go into the unknown, that's what, that's like the essence of life. That's the living there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Otherwise, the rest of it, you're just cruising through, you know? And yeah. Where's the fun in that? And I, and I think uh, sometimes I've, and I, uh, obviously before I got hurt, I think I'd realized that I had pushed so far into the unknown that that's all, that's where I lived. A hundred percent of my day was like that because I'm... In the, in the... Com uh, sorry, out of the comfort zone. Yeah, that like uh, every ounce of my being was in, was trying to make artwork, trying to make myself like 
make my own money, trying to have clients or whatever, you know, yeah, just trying yeah. to find my own way. So everything I was doing was out of my comfort zone. There was no comfort. And so I'd like, I remember having moments in the float tank where I'd just go and lay in the float tank and it, I would like cry because of how nice it was to just have nothing to do nothing, yeah. just for a second just yeah. to relax and know that nothing is going to punch me in the face <laughs> nothing's gonna you know what i mean i don't have yeah. to push i don't have to push and then it was weird like i think it had reached this critical mass where it's almost like i think you can't put you have to at some points allow yourself that level of comfort there's got to be a bit it. of calm in the storm there has to be yeah 100 you yeah, can't yeah. be out to you can't be living in no you can't be in chaos all your whole life because that's where things spiral out of control it was, yeah. I, I started feeling like I didn't exist anymore. Yeah. Like I didn't even know who I was. I was pure momentum. There was no me left. And in some ways that's a good thing. Like, you know, like, um, you can, you could be pure chaos and really pull something amazing out of it. Like when you're completely connected to the zone and you fucking, you fight like a demon and you come out of it and go, who was that person? Like, where did that come from? That in one way is a good thing. But when you live like that permanently, I felt so out of control. It was like, I didn't even know what was going to happen to me that day. I was just like, okay, ride the wave. Just walk. Just, yeah, all just, you have to do is survive. Just keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just pure survival mode. Yeah, it can get pretty hectic. Oh, it was exhausting. <laughs> and I think, and I also felt like, I also felt a bit sad because I felt, the more I felt nervous about fighting and like I didn't want to fight, I felt like I was lying to you. Yeah. Like, so then I felt like I was hiding and cause you and me have never had that relationship where I could tell you everything. I can always tell you everything cause we have to. Sadly, sometimes yes. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the things, too many things I tell you, but like we've always been able to have that yeah. open channel because yeah. it was necessary. Yeah. You need it. That's right. You can't, you can't, especially in the fight game, it, it's lonely enough, you know, it's a very solo individual sport and yeah. in some sense, you know, it can be very lonely. So you, to have someone to talk to you I mean you got to you know especially when you're you're working with this person day in day out it's it just doesn't work I've worked with like well yourself and a couple of people when they were doubting themselves you know and it just doesn't flow the same you just you know oh. I mean, once you get it out in the open everything's sort of okay again, yeah it's like know? that cloud lifts yeah, it's like yeah. all of a sudden there's a weird wall between us I'm going, yeah. oh, I, yeah. I can't tell if I'm and you kind of feel like a bad person because you're like no I want to be training harder but at the same time I'm, I've got to hide this from you this that I don't emotion like it that I have yeah yeah, yeah I yeah. don't want it I don't want it it was an amazing it was a blessing in disguise I mean it was gross at the time to hurt my knee but it was like such a I, I felt like just everything, that huge cloud just got lifted Gave off of that time, me. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. a little moment of clarity. Yeah. And now you've replaced me with so many other fighters. <sighs> There's always a spot there for you, Lorna. <laughs> I'm irreplaceable. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one baby G. <laughs> <laughs> was so funny. I was explaining that to somebody. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was one of the trainers in the U.S. I was. He said, what is baby G? And I was like, ah. Oh, I'm a baby giraffe. <laughs> they gave me that name because I don't know how to stand up properly. <laughs> I'm so fucking long. Were you long and gangly like that when you started too? Because yeah. you're you're built the same as me. Oh, well, yes, I am. I am, but I don't. I think I have more balance than than you do. I don't know what's going on with you. <laughs> <laughs> I I was watching somebody who was kind of new a little while ago sparring, and I was like, oh wow, I'm really impressed with her. I was saying this to Richie, and I was like, she kind of reminds me of me when I started. He's like. Well, she's got way more coordination. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what oh, was I that bad? Yeah. What, what, what was it recently? It was, you didn't throw a punch and you just sort of missed and just almost <laughs> fell over. Like, oh, that didn't work. <laughs> oh, it's bad. It's got. It's so hard. Like after I've had three months off, but I, I've got a grade as well on yeah. next Saturday, so I've got to get my shit together and, and get fit enough to get through that. And um, I was hitting pads the other night, and it is so 
I didn't realize how much my body doesn't work together anymore. Yeah, so yeah. all my old gross habits of falling over, my ankles not working, because it's just like my body isn't connected. That's the way right. Yeah, it it's was not when as sharp as it, yeah. And yeah, get ready for that grading because I helped in the purple singlet one a while back, and it wasn't easy. So. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be hard. Yeah, I got to just fucking not have yeah. that doubt and work just hard. Go and, through it. Yeah, and yeah. Do my best. Yeah. That's f- and that's another cool thing. Like I, I was excited to be able to come back to the gym with a challenge ahead of me, but with it not being something so Without the pressure of getting punched in the face. Yeah. yeah. Well, still getting punched in the face. Yeah. 10 rounds of sparring. You've got to do 20 rounds of sparring yeah, for your grading. Yeah, okay. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with that because, you know, you can relax when you're sparring. and Well, not, I mean, you obviously always got to be sharp, but it's not like when I like to hit pads, like I like to hit them proper, you know. Mm. So, but sparring, you can sort of stay a little bit more calm and hold your gas a bit more. So I think, Provided my body holds up, I think I'll be okay with it. Yeah, the hopefully your okay. knees stay together. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, I'm Are not, you going to tape your knees up? Um, I haven't thought about it, mm. to be honest with you. Oh, now you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Uh, I might. I'll see how I go. Yeah. Do you get anxiety when you go to spar? Ah, uh, yes. I'm yeah. constantly aware. Every kick I throw, I'm aware of. If it's not a, like a leg kick, because leg kicks are fine with my le- knees, but if it's a kick up to the body, I'm constantly aware that this kick could blow my knee out. <laughs> Pretty much your shin could fall off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, I, I honestly have not felt a grosser sensation than That's when horrible. I tore that. Cause yeah. We had the same injury, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. I just like, I looked down and my shin was hanging off of my leg. Yeah. It's like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, it's not a, not a nice pain. I remember one particular time I did it, I was actually sparring my brother and it was good fun because I was getting a bit of payback from the younger years and I was giving him a bit of a touch up. And then, uh, yeah, just this almighty pop just happened and my, my leg just collapsed from under me. Oh, and, oh the, yeah. the pain is just that's horrible. It's, yeah, it's the physio was saying that that's caused by your bones rubbing together because the bones don't normally hit each other because the ligaments are obviously keeping them in place. Oh, but right. that pain, because the ligaments themselves don't have nerves in them when they're torn. There's no nerve there. So that's why it was like after the injury is over, you're kind of like you walk around for a second. You're like, well, I think I'm okay. Yeah, 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 I'm fine. Because there's no no nerve endings to tell you that you're in pain. But that deep pain is actually your bones smashing into each other. And then all of a sudden, a couple of hours later, your knee's bloody twice as big and just enormous. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I am always conscious of that when I'm sparring. But it's just, I'm just like, fuck it. I I enjoy doing it. So I don't Mm want to. I can't afford to get it fixed at the moment, so I'm just going to let it uh, do its thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What do the kids say? YOLO. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those kids. (laughs) Seize the day, Blair. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know how I would handle that because I get anxiety enough as it is just sparring, just worried about everything. Mm, mm. But I did feel for the first time when I sparred again recently before, because I, the last time I sparred was when my knee exploded and because uh, my nose was still sore from That's nationals. Right. Yep. And this time I got hit in the face the other night and my nose didn't explode. And it was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, one less thing, right? Yeah, one less thing to worry about. It was just that one stupid thing in the inside of my head that I was like, if I get hit my he- in the head, my nose is going to blow up and then I'm going to bleed and I'm going to cry and it's going to hurt. And once you get hit in the face a few times, you're like, oh, oh I'm good. I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably that same concept of like having adversity in your life. Like the more you get used to weird, shitty, uncomfortable situations, the more you kind of it, you they just start flicking off of you. Yeah, bit. and I was um, I was funny. I was actually saying to one of my other fighters the other day that you know, with without those weird, shitty situations or those shit times, you don't appreciate all the right. good situations and good times, right? So you got you got to have these a uh, uh, run just to keep 
keep you level, you know, to make you realise, shit, I do have it pretty good or I did have it pretty good, you know, and I want to know, yeah. get back to that position. Well, it's, a, it's that same thing like when, when we're eating, you know, like when you're in fight camp and you think, oh, I can't have that food, I can't have it all the time. And then you have that one like piece of chocolate cake or whatever and it's just so beautiful and blissful <laughs> for that little moment. Yeah. But then you just gorge yourself on it and you'll eat it for fucking four days and then you're like, gross. Yeah, yeah. Like none yeah. of this ever feels good. That's I right. never feel satisfied. Like after that's over and when you have the freedom to do whatever you want to do, you just feel like shit. Yeah, and it's it's not it's not that same pleasure you thought it possibly was. Hey? Right, it's, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. never the thing. You, it, your imagination of a thing is always different than the reality. Oh, of, of the course thing. it is. Yeah, all the time. And the only thing that probably doesn't let that down is that thing we were talking about before when you push yourself to the limit. That's the only time that I think you have like a true, genuine, deep experience of happiness or like. It's almost, it's almost not even happiness. It's almost like surprise. Yeah. Or satisfaction maybe. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that like you, you made it through something and this thing you'd never experienced ever before is just, it, it's almost, it's hard to even put into words. Mm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> you can't put it into words. <laughs> <even>. <laughs> um, and I, so I think like, that's the thing that kind of pushes us forward. That's the thing that, that I think it's the same feeling that you get when you fall in love with people too. It's like that sensation of a discovery. It's probably why human beings moved from continent to continent is because the, our whole purpose, and some will argue this, I don't have any idea. Um, some argue that that's the whole reason why we exist is that our job is to have experience. Yeah. Our only job in this earth is to just constantly have experience after experience. And it kind of makes sense to me because as soon as I stop growing or changing or seeking something new. Well, you stop living, don't you? Yeah. That's, yeah. You're done. Yeah. You just stagnate. Yeah. And anytime, like any, I, I had this idea once a long time ago, I was going to write a fantasy novel. <laughs> 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 It's still in there. It's still in the archives somewhere. But and the idea of these characters was that they, um, the you're born into this world where you can morph into anything all the time. So you're like a shapeshifter kind of thing, cool. and um, so you change all the time. And the people that uh, successfully get through their life, they slowly become more and more transparent until they just disappear and they're gone. And the ones that don't become thicker and more congealed. So the people that are like are having a hard time growing through the life and they're like really gluttonous and they're really like kind of a needy, Holding, yeah, yeah, they yeah. hold more and yeah. then all of a sudden they become these like masses of substance and they just become these blobs that sort of exist and solidify. And I don't think there's ever a time in our life where it's good to solidify. No, no, no. You've got to constantly be, be moving forward and flowing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Experience new things. And do you find that each fight, so you said you've had over 100 fights now, or over, you've cornered for over 100 fights. Do you, are you at least now in a comfortable rhythm with it, or do you find that every fight you have something drastic will change? Um, no, look, I think, um, I mean, most of the times now, and still at our level or my level where, where my fighters are at the moment, it's, I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp on it. Yeah. I think the more elite the fighters become, the more harder, obviously, it's, it's going to be in, in reading a fight. Yeah. I still think I can do it, of course. But, um, yeah, at, at, our le- at our level now, I think it's, yeah, I'm fairly comfortable going in what's, go- what's going to be happening. I mean, we've done all this work with the fighter, and you'll know yourself being one of them, you know. You know what I want you to do, or, yeah. you know, we know what we want you to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. So to, you, you're going in pretty comfortable i'd never put someone in a fight that i didn't think was ready to take the fight so i i feel good going into each fight 
with my fighters now, you know. Do you ever get nervous? Like I know as a fighter going in, if I have a weird mental state that I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm not going to perform. I don't feel right. Do you ever get that as a fight trainer? Like do you ever wake up and be like, fuck, I'm just not feeling it. I'm no. not feeling it. No. That's good. Yeah. You've, you've been able to get past yeah, that. Yeah, no. I, I, the only nerves I get is when my fighter's about to fight. Yeah. Just because like, I'm not – that I don't think they've done enough or that I just worry for their sake. I mean, they're going into a fight, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and so it's a big deal. But um, in terms of having faith in the ability or faith in my own ability, no, I feel fairly comfortable in what I'm doing at the moment. There's something cool about that, I think, because you, your job is bigger than just you. Yeah. So it probably allows you to actually supersede that stupid doubting voice. Because yeah. when it's just about me, like if I'm the only one I have to rely on, I'll let myself down yeah. 50% of the time. <laughs> but if someone else is relying on me, and that's why like having a relationship with somebody like you is like, I'm going to let you down if I don't show up to training. If I don't hit pads hard, if I don't give you my best, I'm letting you down. So I actually probably rise to a better level because I know that we're a team. Yeah. If yeah. I had to do it on my own, I wouldn't go as hard and I wouldn't do as well. Yeah. And that's really interesting because you still have an, a relationship with that doubting voice. But when it comes to you needing to be there for somebody else to corner for them, it doesn't even exist. No, it doesn't exist. Because it's bigger than you. Well, yeah. One thing, like, I've always liked being a helper or helping people, you know. Mm. So when I... That's what I love about training because you can put so much into someone and you're like 100% confident that you've given them all you can, you know, and they're, they're ready to go. So yeah. like, the thought of doubt doesn't really cross your mind, you know. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. It is hard work, man. It's six to eight Fuck weeks yeah. of it's seriously hard, hard work. work. Not just physical hard work either, like more so the mental hard work, mm. you know. it's. Um, can you read it in a fighter's head when like oh, they yeah. come into training oh, and they yeah. just yeah 100% what kind yeah. of stuff do you see oh, you can you can just see it in their face and their eyes you know just the <laughs> lack of enthusiasm or mm. yeah same thing but a like doubt creeping in especially you know two or three weeks out from a fight mm. and you've been doing maybe an eight week camp or whatever and you can see that you know their bodies it's pretty fucked because they're pushing themselves so so hard mm. every single day and you know, you can see it in their eyes and that's one cool thing because I've never been great at expressing feelings or, you know, um, I don't know, <laughs> you maybe don't say, Blair. <laughs> talking, talking about feelings. But it's been pretty cool, like, being inside, like, or trying to get inside the fighter's head so you can, you know, help put their mind at ease on, on what's going on and what's making them feel upset yeah. or, you know, self-doubt or self-conscious about something, you know, so... Yeah, you're like a magnifier for that for the good voice in my head. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly what it is. It's yeah. like I, I'll come in, you see, it, you read it on my face, you can tell something weird's happening. And a lot of times you don't pry, like you won't ask me what's no. going on. I'll just feel like I'm being dishonest. And yeah. then at some point it'll just kind of start sneaking out of me. And you do it, it's like this magnifying voice of good. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. It's like it's it is. It feels like getting into a bath of warm water. It's just like finally, like just shut that fucking voice up for a minute. Yeah, well, like, like I say, because I mean, I I know what it feels like when you mm. you know when you're really down and out when you in your training and stuff like that, and to have that person be there with you and talk you through it, and God, it makes it easier. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do you notice similarities between your fighters that they all tend to have similar doubts, or just? Do each one of us have our own different weird shit that we get hung up on? They're all, everyone's pretty much the same thing, you oh, know. Wow. It's it's generally either I'm not fit enough. Mm. Or that's probably the biggest that's one. That's always that, know? isn't it? Yeah, not fit enough or I don't feel strong or something like that, you know. Or I'm, you know, that's basically 
basically yeah it's crazy you never feel fit enough no i never do no. and then and then after you fought or whatever and you're taking a couple of weeks off and you come back in you're like christ i was fit yeah you know it's like oh, jesus shit, look at me yeah. now you know <laughs> oh no it's that simple thing of doing 50 kicks like before i would do 50 kicks in 20 seconds without thinking about yeah, it like it yeah. was just and it's just business as usual yeah. and now if i have to do 50 kicks like my back seizes yeah. up my <laughs> yeah. arms are cramping tight. in the legs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so stupid you feel like you're 97 yeah so you know it's and that there's always a, a little bit of doubt that hits the fighters a couple of weeks out you know and just nerves it's building up to an intense moment you're about to get in a blinning roped off area oh. and punch on with someone that's been training just as hard maybe harder you don't know than you you know and you got to hope that you're going to come out on top and not get the shit kicked out of you it's uh it's an intense emotional feeling you know not just with the physical side of things as well yeah, so, yeah it's crazy so i remember my first fight i had in new zealand um, I was I'd taken it and I, I like in hindsight now I was nowhere near ready, but I like I took it and um didn't commit myself to training enough because I just because I just didn't know you know and yeah, it was pretty yeah. raw back then so it was a bit more old school and um I remember where I was going to work and I had these uh, like real old old school guys I was working with there and they're you know late forties fifties and they're all like yeah we're gonna come watch you you know six more weeks till you get your head until you get knocked out, until you get your head kicked in and stuff, and just having yeah. that play on you every single day, it was just horrific. Oh <laughs> <so> you know? <laughs> They're just building this yeah. future for you, yeah. your imagination. I know you are fighting your imagination. Yeah, yeah, because I, you're uh, constantly thinking, like, you know, and how I used to see it is, you know, when you're going to sleep at night and you're thinking about the fight, because, I mean, that's what happens. You think, oh, you know, if I do that, and yeah, that'll work. Oh, but, but what if they, you know, mm. do this and then, They'll counter me with that or something. You're like, oh, shit. And next thing you know, your heart's going to go and you feel sick in your stomach, you know. <laughs> and you still might be five weeks out to your fight, you know. <laughs> you know and you've had that fight like 3,000 times oh, yeah, before your fight. Because yeah. every you're exactly right. Every single time I have a spare minute to think. Like, it used to happen to me while I was driving. Yeah. So I'd be like driving to yeah, work. And your stomach and then would all, just drop. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden I'd be like, oh, I'm fighting. I'm, I'm driving a car right now. I can't be fighting. Yeah. Right oh, it's horrific. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. It gets on your head. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it's been good talking to you about this. It's cool. Like, most of the time when we're talking to each other, it's always in the middle of class or or like while yeah. I'm training or something. Yeah. We've never yeah. had time to properly flush no, it No, not out. have a proper chat. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's weird. Um, so what do you got? You have – we've got fights coming up on the – uh, tag team show we've got how many you've got five fighters four 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 yeah so I've got two juniors fighting this weekend on Sunday on the Siam Cup which will oh, be cool. good fun we've got young Dakota and Jaden fighting again Sick. and um, yeah June 23 we've got um, Adam King's show with uh, Genesis and that's the day show to the the big show which is the tag team show yeah so yeah Genesis we've got Tegan Whitney and um, Kyle, and Kyle's having his first pro fight in Australia, so five, five rounds, no pads, full-tie rules, which mm -hmm. is a cool experience for a kid at 16, you know. And um, so, yeah, we've got, we got them three on the day show, and then on the nighttime show, we've got Scott Boyd coming back and having to go on yeah. the nighttime show, which will be should be nice and entertaining, and both shows are going to be, yeah, there's good, good fights on those shows, so it's, okay. it's going to be a good one to go to. Scotty's such a monster, man. Oh, he's, he's a killer. Yeah. How, what's he weighing? Uh, I think he's walking around about 90 at the moment. But, okay. um, what's just the fight at? 88, I think the fight's at. Yeah. Or 89, I'll check that actually. <laughs> 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 I better check that. Um, but yeah, he's just, just raw power. I remember he was training when I was training 
and then he's had a bit of a, a break, but for a few years ago, and we used to hold pads for each other or spar each other, you know, on a daily basis and or weekly basis, and you know, holding pads, I'd leave with welts all up my arms, yeah. and then sparring him, you know, you'd you'd just be battered just from his raw power. <laughs> you just yeah, got to really try and be evasive. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, oh yuck! I I had to hold pads for him one day, and I felt like my forearms were splintered. Yeah. <laughs> like I just literally felt like I had shattered bones in my arms. Yeah, so I think this is his first fight back in a couple of years, and Tegan her first fight back in a couple of years mm. as well. So this is going to be her eleventh fight. So oh, good shit. Good to, Good to see her back in there. So she's been doing well. So it's yeah. been fun training with her because she was one of Richie's fighters when she was at Urban previously. And I was still just, you know, training myself and in the fighters class and stuff. And to have her come back and now work with her as well, it's the same thing. You know, you build that extra relationship and it's cool. I just get to know her on a whole different level. It's good fun. And it's cool watching people because people change and develop so much from their teenage years. Like you're, oh, yeah. you're actually like watching these people become real human beings. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I enjoy about the teenagers, taking the teenagers class or looking after the teenage fighters, you know, because like those teenage years are some of the most important years of life. They're going to mold you to who you are for the rest of your life, you know. So yeah. being able to sort of have some sort of, help or guide I suppose to steer them in the right direction or get their minds right it's uh yeah it's a cool feeling fuck yeah, yeah. and especially in the world right now where everything's bullying everything's oh, yeah. protection protection yeah. and you're teaching them how to protect themselves by being strong yeah that's right and you know not only not that victims. it's all image and mm. all this online crap that you know just selling yourself in a way that you isn't real mm. it's yeah it's ridiculous so it's nice to be able to try and help them and keep them on the than 80s baby side of things, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. I know, like, before, because when we were younger, there was no fucking internet selfies. Yeah, there ain't no bullshit. Instagram or any of that sort of yeah, stuff, no. you know? So, yeah, it's... Um, that was a cool thing about going into a gym that, um, because I had been conscious about what my body looked like for, um, obviously, my whole life being a young woman, female, as you yes, are. Yeah. Um, and then I, it was a cool feeling going into a gym, realizing that everybody looks good because everyone works hard no one gives a fuck no. you know what i mean no one yeah. everyone's just living their life and absolutely no one gives a fuck what no you look like. i mean there's people at our gym all different shapes and sizes mm. but they're all like there's there's no judgment at all on it you know and every, everybody's there for their own mission you know and everyone gets that's what i love about our gym so much you that's know everyone so just gets along with everybody there's no egos there's no yeah, no man. dickheads and that's probably the biggest difference between a muay thai gym and you know just going to your general weights gym yeah. You go down to your local local weights gym, everybody's looking at everybody else and it's just a yeah. big bro off, you know, or you yeah. know, it's yeah, it's not cool. Where you go into a martial arts gym, it's it's more respect, it's you know. And it's about building that team and that yeah, family. Yeah, that's right. We've done I uh, with you, with Richie, like because you guys are the leaders in that place, like you've created that environment. Yeah. I said that to Richie the other day, like that his his gym is a reflection of his personality That's and right. all of us are just little lights minions of him yeah <laughs> the same minions of him and it's funny how that com becomes magnetized you well, know like yeah positive people attract other like-minded people you yeah because positive people don't want negativity in their life yeah. and richie's probably one of the most positive people i know you know and it's just attracts all people and generous you know and it's generous and no bullshit yeah, yeah. He can, he's positive but not in the way that he's like blowing smoke up your ass no, like no. he would he'll, never do yeah it. he'll call a spade a spade he's, yeah <laughs> yeah no problem with that but that's you know when you get these people that are all on the same mission they're all trying to 
better other people and themselves and things like that. It's um yeah, it creates a good environment and that's what we've got down at Urban at the moment. It's that's good. So good. Mm. Well, um, thanks heaps for coming in and talking to me. That was awesome. No worries. And good luck with your fights on the Thank you very much. Yes, Lorna. Bye.